How's it going, my brothers and sisters? This is Steve Kitts. Thank you for joining us on During Bible Study Podcast. We'll open up in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, that you're with us. And that these words, Lord, that you give us is something we can put in our hearts and use for your glory. Lift you up and give you the honor. In your blessed name we beg. Amen. The Wicked Husbandman. We find this in Matthew 21, verses 33 through 39. What we're going to do is go ahead and break down each verse like uh, we've done before. So stick with us and we'll, we'll look at each verse and what it means. But here Jesus tells them of the parable of the wicked husbandmen. The husbandmen were priests and religious leaders. The householder represents God the Father. The vineyard is Israel or the church. A symbol of the theocracy that was familiar with the Jewish leaders back then so they would understand when Jesus spoke this. We see that in Psalms 80 and then Isaiah 5. In a far country is heaven. The anticipated fruit represents spiritual evidence of the true conversion which was the end result of the work of the husbandman. The servants sent by the owner represents the Old Testament prophets who came to correct the religious abuses in the nation and were also rejected by their contemporaries. The Son, of course, is talking about Jesus. Last of all, it indicates that Jesus was God's final missionary, a person sent on a special assignment to Israel. None has ever appeared since Jesus, and none will ever I come until the Jews recognize that Christ is the final prophet and the Messiah. Husbandman is like a farmer. We, when we hear husband, we think of the bride and, and the groom and the other half of that marriage couple. When I first read about the husbandman, I was confused. So I had to study and find out more about this word. So a husbandman in Jesus' day was someone that was trusted to tend to other people's land or animals on the owner's behalf. At a certain time, the owner of the land or the animals would send some, for some type of payment or rent or, or, you know, give me something for being able to use my property to do whatever you need. But this husbandman's desire to kill the rightful heir to the father has already been expressed by the Jewish leaders, and we see that in John 1, 47 through 53. Jesus clearly foretells here of his coming rejection and death with a statement saying, They slew him. Matthew 21, verse 33. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it around about and digged the winepress in it and built a tower and led out to a husbandman and went into a far country. The wine in the vineyard, we see that statement back in Isaiah 5 and 2. Jesus was clearly alluding to the Old Testament passage, which would have been familiar with these Jewish leaders. The vineyard is a common symbol for the Jewish nation in the scriptures. Here the landowner represents God, who developed the vineyard with great care. Then he leased it out to the wine growers that represented the Jewish leaders. The fence or hedge finds the contemporary is separated them from normal people. 
They were the chosen people. The tower, used in the vineyards as a place for observation and a defense against the attacks of plunderers or people that wants to cause harm. Christians need to guard against the enemy wanting to destroy your works. Husbandman, a person that cultivates the land like a farmer. So in like manner, letting out the husband in and going into a far country answers historically the conquest by the Israelites that became the possessors of the land of Canaan and were left, as it were, to themselves to make what use they could of all the opportunities. We knew that it was rich in materials and goods, and all they had to do was maintain it and take care of it. They said the grapes were sized as people's heads. That's pretty big. We noticed Jesus talks to them in a teaching voice. Jesus was always teaching and helping people understand things. We notice here that Jesus describes all parts that make up a good vineyard. Doing this also requires some hard work. You will, as a Christian, have to work. Verse 34. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. These servants that went in there to get that was the, the old prophets from the Old Testament. God wanted to know what you have in your vineyard that is left that he left in your care. He has entrusted his laws to these people. What had they produced with it? We might even ask ourselves, what have we produced that God has given us? Will we have a good harvest? These prophets that God sent, Jesus said he would know by the fruits that you bear. 35. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one and killed one and stoned another. Beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Matthew often blends and simplifies the details, but Mark accounts, we learn that Jesus is telling the story in three different slaves that came individually. The husbandman beat the first one and wounded the second and then killed the third, according to Mark 12, 2 and through 5. The beat one, the word translated here as beat properly means to flay or to take off the skin, hence the beating or to whip someone where their skin was literally fallen off in places. And kill another, that is, with a sword. There were four kinds of death in the power of the Sanhedrin, of one which is this, the, the stabbing or the, the killing with a sword. And also they used stoning, burning, killing, like beheading with a sword or strangulation. Well, the definition of Sanhedrin we know is the supreme council or tribunal of the Jews during postalytic times headed by a high priest having religious, civil, and criminal judification. Now, they stoned one, one of them. This was among the Jews' most common mode of punishment. We see that all through the Bible in Jesus' time. This does not imply necessarily that they died when they were stoned, but they would probably be severely injured. Death by stoning was the most practiced punishment in the Old Testament times. This corresponds with the Jewish rulers 
treatment of the Old Testament prophets. And we see that First Kings 22, 2 Chronicles 24, Nehemiah 9, and Jeremiah 2. They did all these things. That's why we can pull this information out. This parable plainly sets forth the sin and the ruin of the Jewish nation. And what is spoken to convict them is spoken to caution all that enjoy the privileges of the outward church. As men treat God's people, they would treat God himself if he were with them. How can we, if we faithfully to are faithfully to his cause, expect a favorable reception from this wicked world or from the ungodly professors of Christianity? Verse 36 Again he sent another servant more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. These other servants. There was not a moment in which God does not shower down gifts upon men and require something back or fruits from them. Here we see that God sent more in numbers. In the latter days, the number of God's messengers was much greater than in earlier times. There were various instruments that was used to bring sinners to God. There are prophets, apostles, pastors, and teachers, and many more, witnesses and missionaries, you name it. There's different things at God's disposal that he can get his word out. The true disciples of Christ have been persecuted in all ages, and the greatest share of their persecution was fallen upon the ministers of his religion. For there have always been good and bad husbandmen, and the latter have been persecuted the former. Notice who was doing this to the prophets. Those who were in leadership, the ones that were running the show. It was not ordinary people, but rather the ones whom God had let out into his vineyard. Many times people are told the truth if they <clears throat> when they're told the truth they lash out with hate and anger and try to destroy things or you. We know the self righteous people did not want to hear the message of the true prophets. They would beat them and accuse them of not being truly sent by God. And they did unto them likewise, and beat them with rods, and they killed them with a sword, and they stoned them. Verse 37. But last of all he sent them his son, saying, They will receive my reverend son. His son, this person, represents the Lord Jesus Christ, whom they killed, and hereby occurring divine judgment. His son, even Jesus Christ, who was now among them, incarnated, teaching and demanding them fruits of the righteousness. They had no use in sending any more prophets to the people. It was finished. Jesus did it all. They had done all that they could do, these old prophets. And of course, these people were caught up in the law, and they could not see the loving God that was full of grace in front of them. Here we see Jesus speaking prophetically about what they could do that would do to him the Son of God. The sad thing is today that we are crucifying Jesus all over again. Most churches today don't even recognize the Son of God or have the power that they should with God. They are not reverence to him. Definition of reverence is to honor, respect, or gesture of respect, like a bow, or the state of being revered. They make him just like a man. They believe Jesus is just normal. 
not a son of God, or they claim that he has never come. Not only did they not reverence him as God manifested in the flesh, but they are bringing the enemy's music and dance into the church. They've changed and transformed the church into more like the world. If you will, they were allowing the fruit to be spoiled by compromising with the world. These words must be understood and not just an expression of what they would do or what it appears to God probably that they would do, but an expression of what they ought to do and what God might reasonably expect of them. Verse 38, But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said amongst themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and let us seize his inheritance. When the husbandmen seen the son, whom many of them knew, though some of them didn't, some entirely ignored him. They knew of him, but they didn't know him. Some knew him, but did not confess him, yet they were not injurious of him. But others acted in spite and malice, as these men did. They expected the Messiah about this same time, and they knew by the prophecy it could not be long before he appeared. When they saw Jesus of Nazareth, they knew by various circumstances, by all the character of the Messiah being him, and by his miracles, that he must be the same. But they said amongst themselves, privately, not openly to other people, but to, uh, you know, they talked to each other about this heir. As indeed he was all of these things, as the Son of God, and as the mediator of the new covenant. He was heired all his, that his father has, as he is his natural, essential, and only begotten son. And as the mediator, he is the heir of all things, natural, spiritual, and eternal, for the use and the benefit of his church and the people who are also his portion and inheritance. They said, Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance, concluding that if they got rid of him, their nation would be at peace, their temple would stand, and the temple worship and services would continue so they can remain in their office and their authority would be undisturbed. Therefore they put him to death, and contrary to which they feared they should be that he suffered to live. Though what they feared from, from his life befell upon them. You are not gods, and you never will, people. We cannot take away his position in the church. We belong to the Son. We are not the Son. We are not Him. And we never will be equal to Him. But we can share in His inheritance with us. But it is His inheritance. Here again, this passage has many meanings. One of which these is self-righteousness. Self-appointed authorities. They felt that they could do away with Jesus and they would take His place. This was the very thing that Lucifer was thrown out of heaven for. Verse 39. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. And they caught him. They seized and laid hold on him in a rude and violent manner, as they would had done to the servants many times before. This regards their apprehension of Christ in the garden. They used many soldiers, a band of soldiers and officers, and sent up by the high priest and the Pharisees to 
with swords and staffs to take Jesus. They bound him and led him away. The Garden of Gethsemane was a vineyard. They cast him out of the vineyard. Nor does it so much relate to the leading of him without the gates of Jerusalem, where they crucified him. Through this is a sense not to be despised or rejected, but rather in the deliverance of him to those that were without the vineyard, the Jewish church and nation, and sent him to the Gentiles to be mocked and to be put to death by them and slew him. For though the sentence of the death was pronounced on him by Pilate, the heathen governor, he was executed by the Roman soldiers. Yet through this investigation and the pressing importance of the husbandmen, the Jewish rulers, who were there afterwards, frequently charged the apostles with murdering him. The son, Jesus, knew about how the others were sent to to deal with the husbandmen, how they got stoned and killed and beaten. But the son went anyway. The son went to please the father. Jesus went to please the father, his father, God. Now this next part, Matthew 21, verses 40 through 43, is what the the uh, owner of the vineyard does. Verse 40 represents the condemnation question of the judicial parable. What will he do unto the husbandman? Their reply, again, unwittingly condemns their own attitude and rejection toward Jesus. The other husbandmen are the Gentiles in verse 43. Jesus quotes Psalms 118, 22, and 23 exactly from the Greek Septicle version of the Old Testament relating his present rejection to the ultimate triumphs. And that's part about where the, the stone in which the builders rejected that's also quoted in relation to Christ being our cornerstone. The Sanhedrin represents the builders of the Israel's religion whom rejected the real cornerstone of God which is Jesus and the true cornerstone of the foundation of the church. Verse 40 When the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh what will he do unto the husbandmen? In a way of providence, they call these husbandmen to account. They bring them under subjection. Not only for the fruit that they bear for him, but for their barbarity of his servants, his prophets, over time. And especially for the inhumane use and murder of his own son. What will you do to these husbandmen? This question puts the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes, and they themselves, who are designed hereby, are made judges in this case. By the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the men of Judea are, in Isaiah 5 and 4, which passage of Scripture our Lord had greatly in view when he spoke these parables. Isaiah 5 and 4 says, What could have been done more to my vineyard? that I have not done it in it. Why? When I expect that it should be bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. This spoke of the Jewish church and how it rejected Jesus and how it ultimately killed him on the cross. 
I say again, we can see that what is happening in our churches today as well. You can hardly find Jesus in most of them today. He has been tossed out in favor of the things of the world. You can readily see what God has already begun to do to these husbands. You can look around. Verse 41, They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men, and will let out his vineyard into another husbandman, which shall render him the fruits of their seasons. Again, the Jewish leaders pronounced their own judgment, and they said, Let someone else put control and do the work. Their verdict against these evil vine growers was also Christ's judgment on them in verse 43. The kingdom of all spiritual advantages given to Israel will be now given to other vine growers, symbolizing that the church, which consists primarily of Gentiles, they had already told their own doom. The church was taken away from them and led out to others. Jesus was making a point here that the Jewish people rejected Jesus. The Jewish leaders and all those didn't accept him when he was here. So God turned to somebody else, which was the Gentiles, those outside the chosen people, which is us today. It opened up the door for us. Look down in history to our day. God wants the church without spot or blemish or wrinkle. He wants us to be a holy people. God has taken his vineyard back again and letting it out to others who will do the work of the landowner as a new husbandman. God is putting us in control of his vineyard and he expects us to harvest it for him. God will not allow the vineyard to be owned by others. One day is coming when God will ask for payment for the vineyard that you're in charge of that he gave you to work. Will you have a harvest ready for him or will you have not produced any fruit? He will help us and guide us and teach us how to be great husbandmen if we only study and and get into his word and hold close to him and follow his guidance he will allow greatness to come into our lives well we'll close in a prayer lord heavenly father we thank and praise you lord for this message and how it shows that we are now responsible for this this passing on of the great news of jesus and how it can change lives and how it can accept people into the heaven if they only accept you in your blessed holy name we beg amen i want to take a minute to talk to you about buzzsprout today is a great day to start your own podcast whether you're looking for a new market or a channel may i suggest that you share your thoughts and your ideas with the world and it's just so fun to have a talk show Podcasting is very easy, inexpensive, and a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Within minutes of finishing each recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And a team that they have at Buzzsprout is passionate in helping you succeed. They want you to succeed. Join with over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's go ahead and create something together. God bless you.
Let me tell you about a new product that you probably need to go check out. It's called Talking Jesus Doll at JesusDoll.com. If you use my promo code Steve Kitts at checkout, they'll give you an extra 10% off. With all the woke culture going out affecting kids with cartoons and toys, they're trying to separate your kids and your grandkids from the family and from God. I recommend that you introduce Jesus to your kids as early as possible. That's why we're partnering with the Talking Jesus Doll. It's a plush doll that talks. When you squeeze the hand, it speaks ten phrases that Jesus said in the Bible. From the Lord's Prayer to John 3.16 and everything in between. With everything that's going on, it's important to introduce our children to the love and the lessons that Jesus had for many years. I love this product and so does everyone else. The reviews are amazing and kids are learning the Bible verses and using the doll to minister to others. If you have kids, grandkids, nieces, and nephews, this is a perfect gift for them. It could be for Easter, birthdays, and even Christmas. Teach your kids about the Lord. Go to JesusDoll.com and use the promo code SteveKids for 10% off and God bless you.